have like the energy from a week ago like oh, because up. we did it yeah because we didn't okay. do contest power so ready because i'm recording already it's going down all right <laughs> We've got some hey, I'm Luis, and I'm Fonzie, and you're listening to the Content is Profit podcast. And we spent the last four years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that turns into profit. If you'd like to learn how to turn that content into profit, just go to contentsprofit.com. There's a little present in there for you. Oh yeah, and today, epic epic topic mm. uncovering high-end outsourcing secrets <gasps> Ooh, baby i know i i, I need this in I my th- life i think russell needs to outsource <laughs> the writing of this book right ah, here let's go oh, do, do we, you, you do, saw what i did there uh, yeah maybe maybe <laughs> I, I plug in there hey we have a sponsor today indeed we do thank you for asking you're good welcome sir. today's sponsor is your one and only the biz bros just one, one biz bro no i said the biz bros okay okay Us. just say, just checking there okay. we go <laughs> yes we sponsor our own podcast with content momentum and you might be asking yourself what is content momentum well if you produce a long form piece of content just like this one that you're watching or listening to and you want to maximize your efforts and share your message amplify your contribution into the social medias and get yourself some new clients then we want to help you out please reach out at bizbrosco on instagram on facebook we want to talk to you Guys, go ahead and subscribe. Hit smash that subscribe button so those episodes drop on your phone every Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturday. And follow us on social media at BizBrosCo. That is right. And if you find this episode impactful, please, the only thing we ask is for you to share it with somebody right. that you believe this can be Can be your mama, impactful. can be your grandma, can be your friend, can be anybody. Anybody that needs help uncovering high-end outsourcing secrets, that's the person you need to send this episode to. And please, please... Don't forget to leave a five-star review. Today's incredible guests come from another Content is Profit connection, Steve Werner. As always, build relationships. That being said, today we have another 2v2. Let's go. Why are we so excited? Because they are the masters of leverage. Oh, yeah. They help business owners, entrepreneurs, and coaches get maximum productivity by helping them hire superstars, expert assistance. The question is, how do they know how to do this? Great question, Fonsi. They actually built a mobile app software business that now has nearly half a billion downloads. That's a lot. Which they later exited with mid-seven figures. Hmm. That's a lot of macaronis. And they did that all by leveraging great hires. Hmm. Can't wait to dive into this. Oh, yeah. Not to mention, they are incredible humans that created an entrepreneur school and orphanage in West Africa. We need to dive into that as well. Please welcome the two guys that confirm or theory that all successful people come from Canada. Dustin and Gregory. Hey, guys. Thanks a lot. What's up? Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you, Fonzie. Thank you, Lewis. It was awesome. Thanks. Uh, We're so excited. Intro like that. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, full disclosure for the audience. We always ask this question. It's like, hey, have you seen any other shows? And you know, people say, I mean, like, if the answer is no, that's okay because we want to surprise you guys with something like this, and this makes the whole experience worth it because everybody's laughing, everybody's starting with a great energy. So, 
thank you guys for tuning in and, and, and you know, listening to Dustin Gregory. This is going to be so incredible. Guys, welcome. Welcome to Continuous Profit. You. We've been like kind of dying to do this episode. Just as I want, we want all the secrets. <laughs> we kind of want all the secrets. How how did everything start? How did you guys start to work together? How did the company start? Your entrepreneurial journey? So about eight years ago, I was in between companies and any any entrepreneur knows what this is like. It's like being in between jobs, but it's way worse. Um because it's only your fault. You can't even blame somebody else. And, and I, I had this phenomenal idea for a software company and I tried hiring a programmer and he worked for like a month and then he was like, Oh, my laptop got stolen. So I sent him $2,000 for another laptop. And then he like ghosted me. And then I was like, Oh, and my wife was like getting mad. because this was like money that we'd saved for years. Oh, so she could go on a vacation to England where her family's from. And so I was like, oh, I'm like dying. And then this other programmer came and I was like, okay, I'm going to give him my stuff. And like, he's going to be great. I grew up with him and he totally just like stole my idea. And I was like, oh my goodness. And meanwhile, like I'm spending money on these different guys and I'm spending money I don't have to the point where like it was honestly, it was the most humiliating moment of my adult life. I'm in the grocery store and the bishop from my church comes up to me. And he's like, hey, some people from the church got some money together for the poor people and we have some money for you, right? Like I had had a seven figure business and now I'm taking money from like the church so I can wow. buy Christmas dinner. So it was it was pretty humiliating, I'll be honest. Um, and, and then my wife goes to me, she's like, okay, Dustin, you have 30 days to replace our income or you have to go get a J-O-B. And, uh, and like that, that's like a swear word in our house. Right? Yeah, we, Everything yeah. Is, same, is okay. same we don't use that word. Right. <laughs> so I was like, okay, she's like, she's serious about this whole, like, you know, making money thing. And so, um, I, I was working like 18 hour days and I was at a point where I knew money was going to come in in three months. because I could see the downloads. Mm -hmm. There was no money yet. And And like, I, I just couldn't work more hours. I couldn't get out of that rut. Like I was just spinning my tires 18 hours a day yeah. and I just needed a little momentum to get going. And so, um, I had met Gregory like twice before, you know, just like a couple times. And, um, I went to him and I was like, look, this is what I'm doing. And I showed him all my numbers and he's like, oh, perfect. I, I, uh, I've been wanting to buy a company. I'll buy in. And I'm like, I don't want a partner. <laughs> and, and my wife's like, do it, do it, do it. And I was like, man, I don't know if this is the right thing. And then, and then like, I had the realization, look, I can sacrifice some money now to make more money in the future. And what Gregory really brought to the table was the understanding of how to outsource without getting screwed. Mm. Um, I was really good at getting ripped off. I understood <laughs> outsourcing. I understood how to send them money. I just didn't understand how to get the results back. You know, yeah, and so that's how we became business partners, and it's been uh, eight years, and we still yell at each other and enjoy each other's company in all the best ways. So, yeah, that's incredible. Wow, uh, thank you for sharing that story, Dustin. And and, and Gregory, wh like, what's your background? Uh, were you also like a, a full time entrepreneur? Were you coming from a different world? Do you have a deadline from your wife as well? And was no, this match? I want to bring something to Dustin's story just for two seconds. It was the funniest thing. Dustin told me this story, so I'm going to tell it back. 
uh, it was during the 30 days that his wife had given him that he had to find to like to really succeed if not right and so he gets a phone call from the school district uh, from a college yeah a university college about becoming a, a teacher yeah and this seems like I don't want an interview to become a teacher. Who like what do you want? And what he found out is that his wife called the university to try to set him up. And I think that is the best part of that story. <laughs> love it! Um, wow, that, that's called true love, Dustin. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's called he doesn't put, put that part of the story all the time, but I think it's worth it. Anyway, um, I I had uh, built a um, a a business online that uh, that did two things well i did a business that did seo yeah. and then i did a business that sold uh, mortgage insurance online and both of them did really well actually in 2012 i decided to just live off the cash flow i took my family with my five kids we went to africa for a year and a bit wow. uh, that's when we started the university there um and so i came back from africa it was 2013-14 when i when dustin came to see me so i was in between projects like i I was back in North America. I was still running the university, but I, I wanted to get into another business. Yeah, uh, and that's when Dustin came. And so we really worked this uh, mobile game development app uh, business. Cool. And the first thing that we did was to bring in some some outside help, some people that were amazing, just really professional, amazing. And uh, we went from publishing what was it like two, one or two games a week to like publishing like 15 to 30 games a week um, and we ended up publishing with the help of our staff that leverage Lewis that you were saying at the beginning like in the first year and a half two years we published over 300 games wow. um, and we could have never done that on our own and what happens is that when you publish that much content because a game is content you publish that much content something's gonna stick Something's going to take off. And that's what happened. You know, like 2% of our games, 2 to 5% of our games just took off. Like we're talking millions and millions of downloads per month. Mm. And that's wow. where we started making money. And the rest, like the 340 other games that did nothing, well, who cares about it? Because that's how we discovered the 15 games that actually made us a lot of money. And wow. then we started hiring and hiring and hiring and hiring. Um, people now we've made a lot of mistakes in mm. the last eight years in hiring and i had been hiring for another 10 before that we made a lot of mistakes and so we discovered a lot of good things um, i heard a quote one day that says the difference between a professional and non-professional is that the professionals made all the mistakes before <laughs> you you know and so that's really how we learned a lot um we ended up hiring you know full-time developers, game designers, 3D artists, 2D artists, UI artists, UX artists, uh, managers, HR managers, you name it. We had this company of about 35 people um, and we ended up selling it for high seven figures in the, and we still work with the company today because the, the new owners wanted us to, to keep yeah. an eye on the business. But we actually did that because of our of the people, amazing people that work with us. Yeah. If, if we had not had these amazing people work with us and could not leverage other people's time, yeah, we would have never sold for seven figures. And and so it was crucial for us to do that. I, I want to insert this little thing since Gregory like <laughs> come off my story. I know that when when he first came on 
he, like he's like, okay, I'm going to be your business partner, and I'm going to bring in, I'm going to bring in my my VA, and and this guy, he he actually runs the whole company now. Um, he's he's a really intelligent Mexican man, and uh, it, it was so funny because Gregory's like, okay, I want you to train him on everything you do, and I remember getting so angry. And like, I, I honestly don't know if I even like, if I yelled at Gregory or if I muted and then yelled at Skype muted, I'm not sure. But I was like, I'm working 18 hours a day and this guy's not even a programmer, right? And I'm not a programmer either. So yeah. like, I was like, I was so upset. I was like, how dare you tell me I have to train somebody else? Like what? I'm not supposed to sleep now. Like, it, I'm like literally it was 18 hours a day. And he's like, no, 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 it's going to be fine. And, and we went through this system and I remember it was exactly two weeks later and it was like five o'clock. My wife was like, Hey, we're going to have dinner soon. You know, can you get off work? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm done for the day. She's like, you're not working till midnight. I'm like, no, like I'm done. And it <laughs> yeah. was just this like moment where I'm like, Oh, cause I had hired online, but I was always trading, you know, as an entrepreneur, we have, we have multiple currencies. We have our time, yeah. we have our money, but we also have our emotional energy. And I was always trading my time, mm. my money, and my emotional energy just to get somebody else's time, mm. right? And it was the first time I realized it was just my time for somebody else's, uh, I mean, just my money, sorry, for yeah. somebody else's time and emotional energy. And that was so beautiful because it was like, oh, I'm finally on the winning end of this negotiation, you know? Like, yeah. And it was, it was just like two weeks later. And like, I was a human again. It was it was it was miraculous. I, I can't imagine the the weight off your shoulders after mm. that after that experience, and and I think what you guys are talking about today and what we'll continue to talk for the next uh, half hour is everybody needs to listen to this because we remember too the first time that we got that that first hire that lifted all of that for us. You know, and for us was on the video editing, and I think it was more for Fonzie than for me. But at the same time, I was dealing with Fonzie being frustrated and all that. And I'm like, well, yeah. and, and we, we were both paying the emotional energy <laughs> price on that. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and, and, you know, looking back, I'm like, why didn't we do this early? Like it took us mm -hmm. about almost four years to get to that point. Right. Like, yeah. and, and once that decision was made and we found the right person, everything started to flow like really, really well. And it started to evolve. And obviously we've hit different levels to where different people, different skills, and that all has been developed, but it was, it was incredible. So, so I think more people need to listen to stories like yours to, to be able to take that, you know, leap of faith. Why, why do you guys think it's so hard for an entrepreneur that might be starting something new to, to move to that place? Of letting go, I'll, I'll I'll just speak from experience. Gregory might have a different perspective, but I think one of the things that I see all the time, and I've seen in myself, is there's an uncertainty. First of all, like there's a little bit of that, like, am I ready for this responsibility? But then there's also they have tried it and failed. So in my previous mm -hmm. company, I had hired probably five people, and one of them was good. And so, and I had no real process for hiring people. And so I just knew that like, I have five people that I can't stand and one that gets things done and that's not scalable. Like it just, it, it's overwhelming. And so for yeah. a lot of entrepreneurs, I think they've tried it and failed and they're like, there's no way to get the quality that they need. Mm. And then there's also that obligation factor. Mm. Yeah. 
I like one thing that you said, Lewis, and it's once we made the decision, right? At one point, you have to decide what kind of business am I going to have? Am I going to have like a one-man solo business or do I really want to have success? And, and the amount of money we get paid by clients is directly related to the amount of value that we create for other people. And how much can I create on my own? And how much can I create if I have a team of 30 people with me? Mm -hmm. it, it's a different mindset. And I think if we, if, if, if we want to be successful, every one of us, we've got to find a way to leverage our time to create more value for more people. Yeah. Um, you guys are doing these podcasts, you're creating value for people, right? Because of the internet, but there's other ways. And I, th I think that's the first thing you have to make a decision. And then you have to get good at saying, you know what, I'm going to build a team. I'm going to have to be a team manager. Even if I'm the one that's doing the video editing right now, I'm going to have to become a team manager. Yeah. Um, one of the things for me when I started my business was the cost. Uh, at first, I always thought I needed to spend three to five grand a month to hire somebody local. And that's a pretty tall order when you're starting a business, yeah. right? So often you're like, man, I can't hire anybody. I need like this amount of money to make it work. Yeah. And it's not true. Um, when I started finding that I could hire people in so many countries, uh, I, I discovered that often for like $800 to $1,200, I could hire a really good person. Wow. Um, the second thing is I find that sometimes it's hard because if you hire just people that are just average, you are now a manager but a babysitter at the same time. <laughs> and nobody goes into business thinking they're going to be babysitters. And so yep. what I discovered is that the quality of the people that I hire makes all the difference. Yeah. The quality of the people I hire means I don't have to manage them, they manage themselves because they're more professional. Mm. And that's one other big key. The other key that that really helped me and it was to have enough process and spend enough money and time in creating my processes so that I could train people quickly. Yeah. But more beautifully, I could fire people quickly. Mm -hmm. And this is a trap that I've seen for myself and so many people is that I hire somebody, I train them and training means I get to do the job and I have to train someone. So I'm, I'm doing a double work, right? with the hope that if I train them well enough, they'll be able to do the work and it's going to be easier after that. So I'm spending all that time and it's a lot of pain as an entrepreneur to train mm -hmm. the first person. Yeah. And then they either quit, they leave, or they're not good. Let's say they're not good. You're like, okay, one more month and they're going to get it. Mm -hmm. And so you put more energy into training this person one more month and then they're still not good. The, the idea that I'm going to have to let them go go back and train somebody else from scratch is so hard mm. that I'd rather stay with a mediocre person yeah. than spend my time to retrain another person. And that kills people. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely agree. I remember like yeah. when, when we had to, when we had to make that decision because, you know, we finally got some traction. We're like, well, we can't work more than 24 hours. Each one of us, like this is getting intense. I remember, uh, you know, Fonsi took the initiative and wrote the first description and we're like, make it as hard as possible for people to apply to this <laughs> thing. Because, you know, in the, in the past I, I ran fitness studio and that was one of the main issues that we had. It was 
hiring, right? And I was very fortunate, and uh, and we put pro- processes in place for my studio to make sure that we had sales associates that would stay for us longer, right? And to me, the answer was adding friction to the process of hiring and and then let them decide to if they wanted to come in, but always constantly be out there, right? And for us, it was a local business at that point. So I remember like, make it as challenging as possible for this person to kind of apply. And I remember the first, one of the first people that applied that we had the call with, um, they went through all these filters and they're with us still today and they've, they brought people like them and better and, and it's been incredible, right? So uh, I want to say thank you for, for sharing those stories, obviously. What are, and I don't know, Fonsi, you're always with us, and I know, I see your notes in here, so you go, you go. Uh, yeah, I have, a, I have a lot of notes, definitely. <laughs> and you know, Gregory, what you're talking about, I don't remember, it, but it has a term that we're so invested mm-hmm. into the energy, the cost that we've spent in that activity, or in this case, that one person, that we are afraid of letting go and having to reinvest it again, right? And that happens in life throughout everything, right? Uh, I mean, relationships. Sunk for, what is it? Sunk cost. Sunk cost. Like you've already yep. paid the price. Yeah. And, and then we just keep paying it. It's like this car, you know, and you just put in a transmission and the engine blows. So you put in an engine and then the tires pop. So you put four new tires on it and then you run into a deer. So you rebuild the whole thing again. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Sounds or, like my or, car. Or, a, or a gator in Florida. I'm just saying. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna be like, sounds like my car. <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna have to let go of the car after the, after this interview. But yeah, the, the song costs definitely, and and it's important to have that in mind. I, I think a lot of people don't actually think about that. That fear is very real. But I'm I'm gonna back up here a little bit because I, I I've been taking a lot of notes. Right first. Dustin, when you talk about being ghosted and people stealing your ideas, I am extremely curious to know how you dealt with that, right? Because I think that's something that happens a lot of times, especially when you're hiring for people as well, right? Like someone might come to help you and then all of a sudden they're gone, right? How do you deal or how do you prevent that as well? Okay, so there's there's two things. What One thing we've learned, let, let me just speak specifically well, let me speak to the stealing one because I've got a great story. Okay, so so I, I I like I hesitate to share this publicly. I'll be honest. Those, those are the good stories. This guy, those okay? are the best stories, Dustin. When okay, you're not so sure. I grew up with him, right? So so I I show him my idea and he's like, oh, that's a great idea, but it'll be tons of work. I can't help you. And I'm like, okay. A month later, he quits his job at a large chip manufacturer as a programmer and releases the app that's my app right and i'm like ah! and but immediately he started getting traction and so like i was like at first like for about i'd say you know somewhere between an hour and three years i was really angry at him <laughs> but then i was like no you know what my idea was good and he just validated it for me and he validated Ooh. it cheaper than i could validate it and so then i had the like i had the guts i was like no i'm gonna do this no matter what okay yep. He hired local people. He had five employees. From what I understand, he sold his business for less than $100,000. Mm-hmm. Okay? His game is better than my game. His programming is better than my program. Then, not now. Because now I have teams. But then, hands down, like I was yeah. so... I, I was like Googling, how do you store a variable? I, you know, like I had no clue, right? So I sold mine for high seven figures. The difference, I outsourced. 
He he just hired people locally. So mm. he's spending fifty, you know, fifty thousand dollars a year for each of his employees. How can he grow as fast as me? He yeah. can afford five of them on the same income that I have thirty-five, and all of a sudden, boom! I just accelerate way past him. So the one thing about ideas is, and and this is the truth: execution is everything. Mm. We can all have the greatest ideas. You could tell me your best idea. I could tell you my best idea. But unless one of us executes, it's not going to matter. And when you have people that are quality, you can execute. So, wow. so I don't, I don't really worry about them stealing my idea per se. Now, processes are different, and we have a process for protecting processes, and and we teach that to all of our clients. How do you protect your secret sauce internally? You know, and and that is important. Um, yeah. So, so that's that's that. Now, the 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 ghosting issue. What we discovered is. First of all, the country you hire from makes almost a bigger difference than anything else when it comes to the success of a person in a specific mm. role. And what I mean by that is, every country has predominant cultural traits, and those traits in different situations are beneficial.、Mm. I will use the example. I'll, I'll take the Philippines because everybody likes outsourcing to the Philippines, and and we don't almost ever anymore. And there's some some good reasons. We、yeah. will time zone if it works. Like for our Australians, we we hire Filipinos for them. But everybody's like, oh, you know, Philippines, Philippines, Philippines. Well, what we discovered is, if you need a manager to come in and whip people into shape, Filipinos won't do it. They're too kind. Too、nice. They're too personable. They have far too much empathy. They will not do it.、Mm. But you get somebody from Macedonia or from Greece or Croatia, and they'll come in and they'll be like. You guys are a bunch of girls. Work more. You know, <laughs> that's it. It's done. They'll get you know, it done. They, they, they don't have a problem with that. And then afterwards, they're friends. You know, like、yep. so. So what we found is、mm. the country that you choose to hire people from makes a huge, huge difference.、Um, we also do a pretty in-depth background check, and the reality with people is, people are remarkably consistent.、Um, If somebody is a learner and they're reliable and they're honest, they will have been a learner and reliable and an honest in their last ten jobs, no matter what they were.、Yeah. So if somebody can, you know, dip frozen bananas in chocolate reliably and they don't steal from the till and they're nice to your customers, you can take that person and put them in a customer management role for a telecom company, for somebody that sells hand lotion, for somebody that sells cars. They're going to do fine in all those roles. The job didn't matter; who、yeah. they were mattered. And so, what we've gotten really good at, and entrepreneurs just don't have the time to do, quite frankly, is asking those deep questions of the people that they used to work for about who they were, and then you find these great people. Wow. And, and I'm going to just bounce a little bit on the last part. I mean, the, you know, like checking reference, yes. okay, yes. is not easy because you know what you. You guys have done it. Somebody calls you to check a reference. Are you going to say something bad about the person? Honestly,、mm, yeah, it's difficult. It's very difficult.、Yeah. You don't, right? You don't.、Yeah. So you you can't trust right away the employer if, for what they tell you at the beginning of the interview because they have this feeling of first of all, this person doesn't work for me, and I'm kind of happy he doesn't maybe, and but I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to ruin somebody's future. So we have a way in our second interview with the candidate. In the second interview that we do with them, it's about a two-hour in,、uh, interview that we would do with them. We will ask 
a couple questions about their previous boss and and here are some secrets okay these are some <laughs> of the questions if you want to write them down they really work um lewis uh what's the name of your previous manager i'm gonna uh, play with you here yeah my previous manager was uh i'm gonna just to protect the integrity of the of the podcast and my relationship <laughs> let's say no let's say my previous manager was donna Donna. Okay, yes. wonderful, Donna. Okay, so, and, and Donna, what's their last name? Uh, Finchel. I love Finchel. you, Donna. Great. <laughs> when we contact Donna, yeah, what do you think she's going to say on a scale to 1 to 10, uh, that the value that you contributed for that job? I think she's going to absolutely say a 10. <laughs> a 10. Absolutely a 10. Absolutely. If, okay. And if there's something that you know, he's going to say that was your weakest part. What would it be? My weakest part? Oh, man. Mm. That's a good question. Um, let's see. My weakest part that was that maybe I didn't communicate well enough during my last few months. What do you mean by not communicate well enough? Uh, okay, you see where I'm going. Yeah, I'm going to just it. stop there because it's not an interview. Okay, <laughs> so I got a little negative something that you think he's going to say, right? When I talk to Donna, I'm going to say, hey, I was talking to Lewis, and he says that uh, if there's something that he wasn't quite perfect at, at his job, right? First of all, I'm going to ask her on a scale of 1 to 10 what he thought of you. Yeah. And if it's not a 10, I'm going to find out. I, yeah. I promise you that we could potentially call Donna today and she'll say that. Like she, we okay, love her. Okay. She's like, but yeah, she's not a previous. This is, why, not a this is why I, told, I, I said her name. <laughs> There's other names out there that maybe they'll think differently. <laughs> So we do that with every employer, right? Love every it, single it. employer. So we do that like 10 times. Yeah. And so what happens when I say, Donna, look, um, Lewis was talking to me about his communication style and there was some issues there. Can you tell me more about it? And that is the key mm, right yeah. there. Because the minute he starts talking about something that didn't quite work out, yeah. I can ask more and more questions. We can get to the real bottom truth of it. Yeah. And and honestly, the, the truth of checking reference is doing a good second interview mm. so that you know what to check for and open up these people that are the previous employers so that they actually tell you the truth and they just don't give you these blanket statements that they tell everybody and it's a lie i want to find out if they're dishonest i want to find yeah. out if they're not good workers i want to find out the truth about this person please tell me yeah right and, and you need to break them down a little bit. So that's a, just a little example I wanted to give you. And maybe for those that are listening, a little nugget of, of success. If you find the right truth in the second interview, when you check references, people open up. Yeah. And you know what, what you're really hiring. Yeah, mm. I, I think this is such a peace of mind for, for everybody, right? Like, because I think part of the issue is the unknown. Because maybe a lot of entrepreneurs have never been in the position to hire somebody else, right? So, you know, I, I had a very basic experience trying to hire people for, like, sales side of things in a fitness studio, right? Like, mm -hmm. but um, the frameworks that you guys bring and, and the reason potentially why we were so uh, fearful to put our, ourselves out there and bring somebody external to, you know, the secret sauce or the things that we do on a daily basis, right? You're putting yourself at a very vulnerable place as an entrepreneur, right? Because you're opening doors to maybe systems that might not be quite ready, right? It, you're still in that process of learning and, and you need to bring people also that are going to take that bus ride with you, depending on the direction that it goes, because we might be able to pivot, 
one or two times, right? So are they going to be able to, are, are they okay with that, right? And, and that internally is not an easy conversation to, to have because, you know, we, we learned our lesson the first four years. We're like, we need to hire somebody. Like, it just needs to happen. Like, we were already so fed up from everything that was happening. And, and once we started getting that traction, we're like, we need to do this. And I remember one of the first conversations is like, hey, this is what we do today. But it might not be the thing that we do tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. And and we need to have people in a, in a place where they are ready to pivot with us as well. The good thing is that the process has worked. Everything has worked. It has gained some traction. And we're still in that path, right? But we, we don't know. There's still other ideas in the future to see where this ship goes. Uh, so I think that's also a very hard conversation to have, not only with yourself, but with somebody that you don't know. And especially from the distance too, that where it's a different country. Oh, man. Talk about adding friction. So thank you for solutions like what you guys bring. And we're going to leave all the links right in the description. So if you want to get in contact with the, with you guys, all they got to do is like just scroll down and, and click there because uh, I think this is wonderful, right? Just to the fact that you mentioned what a golden boulder, right? Like the the place where they're coming from because of their traits, their natural traits uh, is so important to consider. Yeah, I, I definitely wrote that about the predominant cultural traits. I think that is a very inter interesting way to put it. I also love the digging deeper, you know, kind of like going between the layers to find out the truth, right? About this, these people that you're bringing in, that you're going to be putting confidence uh, and then investing your time into, you know, their involvement in the team, which is, is key. Mm -hmm. uh, I do want to get back to like a follow-up question to that, but before I lose this, this, this thought process, Um, Gregory, you talk about publishing 300 plus games mm. in one year, right? And I relay that actually today we had a training with our group for the 45 live challenge where we were talking about consistency, right? Mm. And how consi we relay consistency to something that we call the extrovert theory. That is that one best friend that always gets, gets lucky. And we're like, how do they get lucky every single time? And the reason being is because they just put themselves in front of more opportunities than anybody else, right? They also have way more failures than everybody else, but we don't get to see that. We only get to see the one time that they succeed. And since they succeed a little bit more often, we're like, wow, they are so lucky, right? And I feel that happened with you guys in, in, in the company that you had with the games. Now, when it comes to hiring, right? Does that principle if you want to put it that way applies when we're looking for candidates right like do we need to be consistent on a basis of are we how often are we tr trying to hire how many people are we going to go or do you have a good interview and you're like that's it right i'm sure there must be some sort of principle underneath there that talks about quality hiring and, and, and multiple opportunities so so that principle totally applies but not the way you think so hmm. What we used to do was like hire five people and fire four of them, right? Mm. And and so like it's the consistency thing, right? But the problem with that is that you pay five months of salary for <laughs> every good hire. Yeah. And and then you pay five months of training time, your own training time, your own emotional energy. And then like guaranteed somebody you just hired got married and their wife is excited they have a job but you have to fire them because they suck and like oh. i don't want to break up your marriage just because you're a terrible artist you know <laughs> like all of this it's like so yeah. so so that that part of it goes away what where consistency comes into play when you're hiring great people 
it kind of goes back to what I said before, is you will see in their history, they have been consistently good. And their previous managers will say, oh, they were great. You know, like one of our programmers, he worked for a top, top tier game developer. And and we're, we talked to them and why did you, like, why did you fire him? We're talking to his manager, who's now at a different job, by the way. And well, our offices got bombed when, when Russia didn't invade the Ukraine, mm. you know? You guys, I don't know if you guys remember when Russia wasn't invading the Ukraine. Anyhow, their offices got bombed. So he was great, but the business blew up. So, yeah. you know, but he was great consistently. Had nothing to do. <laughs> Just like, yeah, it, it blew up literally. <laughs> like, literally. Yeah, yeah, literally. Not in a good way. Yeah. So, so, you know, so like, so that consistency you talk about, you'll see that in people. Yeah. And, and mm. one of my favorite questions is, you know, when have you had to go learn something yourself at work? And what did you learn? And how did that work out? The, the other day, I was talking to one of my one of my designers, and he's like, "You're totally wrong." And he'd only worked for the company for like three weeks, right? And he's telling me I'm totally wrong. I've been doing this for eight years, you know. And and but then he's like, "And here's why." And he backed it up with research, mm-hmm. and I was wrong. And he had the proof. And yeah. the fact of the matter is, he's great. Like. Whenever we have a project, he can go and research and he can learn and he can present information and say, this is my theory and this is why I believe it. And then we push back and he's like, no, 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 you're wrong. Here's why. And he has supporting stuff. And so yeah. you'll see that consistency in great people. Wow. Anyhow, so that, that's how I'd answer that one. I'm, I'm going to take a different angle just because it. I there's another way of looking at the exact same question. Um, hiring great takes a lot of time. And most of the time, entrepreneurs don't have that kind of time. So generally what we do now, and and we have HR people that do this for us. So it's a good thing because me and Dustin are not doing this like every day. Uh, (laughs) We would actually die the amount of time we're putting in to finding the right people. Um, But we will screen you know, maybe 50 to 100 resumes for one job. And then we'll do... um, the a short interview about 30 to 45 minutes for about 15 to 20, 15 candidates mm. right that's already eight hours of interviews and that and an interview takes more than that because you have to schedule it you have to be there oh my i couldn't be there like it, it's a lot of work to interview 15 people then we'll do a long interview we'll, we'll out of those 15 that we think the resumes are really good we'll now narrow it down to about four three to four that mm. we do an in-depth interview for about two hours each and that's where we go and we look at every single job they've had in the last five to 10 years. And we ask the same questions for every single job. And that's where I was going with you, like with your, the manager and all of that. Like yeah, we're really yeah. going in depth. So think about all that work. And then we do, once we've picked one or two people, we'll do some reference check. And then, you know, the, the, the client, myself, if I'm hiring for myself, I listen to these in-depth interview and pick one person and it, myself interview them at the end. Yeah. So you can see that entire work. It's like mm. we're, we're kind of publishing those 300 apps, right? Yeah. By putting so much energy in interviewing and finding the truth about finding great people. Yeah. And, and quality people take time to discover. Mm. Uh, and so that's one way that I would, I would say the other thing that I would say, and, and I think this is something that a lot of people don't really understand, but there's great people in every country of this planet. Yep. Yeah. They don't all live in Canada and United States. <laughs> yeah. There's don't, amazing don't tell people. the Americans that. 
Well, I'm hoping there's no Americans <laughs> listening to me right now. But, um, <laughs> but, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just yep. saying, they like in your country where you guys come from. There's amazing people. Yes, I've been to Ben in West Africa. There's amazing people, much better than I am. Every country has like this this little sliver of two to eight percent of the population that's just an amazing group, and. And what happens is that if I'm going to hire an amazing person in North America, it's going to cost me a hundred grand, two hundred grand a year. Yeah, because mm. amazing people in the U.S. cost a lot of money. Yep. Well, I can find amazing people in other countries for a thousand to fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah. Now I'm not going after the five hundred dollar person in Mexico because yeah. I'm not looking for average. I'm looking for excellent. Right. Yeah. And in the book, Good to Great, they talk about this. They say first who, then what. Right. Well, the who is amazing people. The who isn't just hiring; it's hiring amazing. Because when you hire amazing, you now have some really great stuff. So the people that we hire, university degrees. It's not like university degrees. Sometimes in you know other countries like Canada, like we've had somebody that works for us and from Mexico. He、yeah. studied in Canada. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying, quality takes time to discover. Yeah, and and they exist everywhere. Yeah. yeah, I I love that, Gregory. And to illustrate this for the listeners, right? That you mentioned about Good to Great, which is an incredible book. If you haven't read it, go read it right now. For those <laughs> that are listening,、uh, you said first who and then what. And I remember this was one of the the statements that I like highlight and made made a huge note. And told my brother because he in that part of the book he says, if your company pivots right and you hire for a what, these people are gonna leave. But if you, the company pivot right and you hire a who, that it's like you said, excellent. They're gonna stay and they're gonna adapt and they're gonna learn with you and they're gonna grow with you.、Yeah. And for us, also key at the moment because we're you know we were still kind of like okay, where is exactly where we're going. We need to find that quality person, right? And turns out, you know, I, I to this point after listening to this conversation, I'm like, I think we got lucky hiring the the the, the person that that we hire for the team, right? Because our process was nothing like you guys right now, right? Like that just gives you security that you're gonna have the the best of the best in your team. But we're we're lucky because we got the right who. On the team, right, and we started in a certain way, and we have kind of pivoted, and the changes that we've done inside of our process and everything, and they stayed, and they adapt, and they grow with us, and、yeah. that is key. That is so incredible and rewarding because now you're not afraid of, oh, are they going to leave or whatever, right? Like you are, like I, I, I know they're going to be、uh, by my side and and by the company's side, and we're all going to grow together.、Yeah. I I like I I love frameworks. Right, like that, that has been kind of like my my word lately. And、uh, frameworks, we work on frameworks level from the content side of things to now everything that's happening in the business, right? And I've started to see everything with frameworks. And as you guys were explaining this process, the process that you have with hiring people is an first of all is an incredible framework that you guys have and very valuable. And and I hope everybody listening and if you're in a, in that spot where you might need that higher end person, go. Reach out to these guys, right? But at the same time, on the other side, as you guys were describing this framework of consistency, of always, you know, trying to find that perfect who, right? And it takes it takes an incredible amount of effort, right? That you guys are taking on that effort to help that entrepreneur 
on the content side of things, I want to bring it full circle also on your story on content with, with the with the games. To me, I, I had no idea that was the amount of games that you guys were pushing. Wow. I thought it was literally one game and you developed that one game, right? And then when you said it, it's incredible. And, and again, I want to bring to the audience eyes exact same thing that happens with content. People might be seeing this piece of content right now, this show that's being produced, they might be listening to this, and you know, it's not the one show. It's the hundred or, not, or thousands pieces of content that have been published before this to get into the ears. And sometimes, you know, we as entrepreneurs or as people getting into the game, right? And we talked about the athletes and military having that resiliency and, and being in there, you know, doing the work in and out and they understand the process, but people that are kind of new to that and they get into this game, it's not one and only, right? It's, we gotta do the reps, we gotta do it, right? And uh, and uh, if we have an amazing guidance like you guys on that level, and then I'm gonna do a shameless plug here for us too. If you are looking yeah. for that content and be able to have that plugging team, call us right so you guys have and by you guys i mean the audience if you are listening today there's incredible resources here on everything else everything company and then everything co content here mvp dream <laughs> team just saying i'm just gonna put it out there because it's about that consistency that we put in into the processes to be able to deliver the right who uh to the what yeah right D dustin gregory i have a a, a question for you guys you know I I hear a lot of the times when people are hiring about culture, right? A culture in the company, hiring people that fits into the company. And I think we were at PodMax when we heard talking, I don't remember her name, but she's like the head of hiring people at VaynerMedia, Gary Vaynerchuk's company. And she said, you need to hire for the skill and it's going to, and for addition to the culture. Something around those lines, right? So I'm extremely curious because now I started thinking, okay, like, what if, how do you determine if that person is right for the culture, right? Inside of this hiring process, because you're talking about, yes, finding the principles about the person, right? Finding if they're honest, if they're hard workers, how do we discover if they're going to be a good fit, a good addition for the culture that we have? It's going to help the, the company's culture evolve. And with this, I'm going to add to that question. Are you looking for specific traits within the position or specific traits overall when, you, when you're hiring people? So I will, I will speak to that a little bit. I know I can tell Gregory has thoughts just from the way yeah. he's sitting. So uh, <laughs> we see some smoke coming out of his head, just like he's ready. He's ready to yeah, go. So. so there is something um, really beautiful in my mind that, that Gregory instituted right very early on. And it is the very first two days that somebody works for us, we have them read the book Anatomy of Peace. Mm -hmm. And it's a book written by the Arbinger Institute. And, and the primary premise of Anatomy of Peace is that we treat all people like people. We don't treat them like objects. We don't treat them like obstacles or tools we treat them as human beings and we pay for that time right so, so the very first impression that every single person who works for me gets is read this book and this book i don't know if you guys have ever read it or not it it heals broken things in your soul it just does it's one of those books and immediately what happens is 
people attribute that healing to us because we made them read the book. Even though it's not our wisdom, it's a group of incredibly intelligent, emotionally intelligent people that, that put this book together. So that in and of itself, I think does more to divine our company culture than anything else. Mm. Um, one a month, we also read another book. Sometimes they're business books. Sometimes they are technical books. Um, one of the most recent books we call, read was called Journeys for the Soul. It was, again, one of these books that's just meant to make people feel better inside um, because we treat people like people. So, yeah. so I think that that is a massive uh like it's 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 almost like a crucible informing the culture because we right up front say hey there's no office politics here there really yeah. isn't you know like and and that's hard to do and as teams grow that's even harder to do i think it's one of the areas where we've excelled um and and i think it's definitely one of those areas where gregory has taken the lead like i'm championing him right now for that because that was i'd read the book but it didn't occur to me to get them to read it you know yeah um, so, so yeah, I would say that Gregory probably has some other thoughts. On but, Dustin, before I go with my thoughts, I wanted them to talk a little bit. Part of the question he had was, how do we make sure that we find the right like the right contractor for the culture of the companies of our clients? And I know, like, I, I want you to talk a bit about that process, about how, how we make sure that there's a culture fit with the business, right? Mm. So again, the, the first the first step is the country. Um, predominant predominant cultural. There's 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 people that just get along. There's cultures that get along. There's other cultures that have a harder time getting along with each other. Yeah. Um, and there's something called the power index. And then in the power in power distance index in the power distance index, there's also a component on how collaborative people are. Um, and so when we choose countries, that's something that we consider because some countries, people are, like, I'll give you an example. Um, and, and this is in no way like a disparagement, even though it kind of could sound like it. If I'm not in America and I meet an, an American, I can always tell you if they're from the West coast, the central States or the East coast, I can tell just from the attitude that they carry. Yeah. When you meet somebody from California, you know they're from California. It, it's not <laughs> the accent. It's nothing. You just know. They have a, a different level of self-confidence and self-assurance than yeah. everybody else. When you meet somebody from Texas, you know you just met somebody from Texas. You know? And it's yeah. not the accent. It's something in them. And it's not a bad thing. It's just what it is. Yeah. And yeah. so what we've, what we've come to find is that if you, if you really consider the makeup of your teams – And we did a ton of research into Myers-Briggs and into DISC and all of those things. And they all like introvertness and, and assertiveness and all these things play a role. Um, our HR manager, we paid for her to get certified in Myers-Briggs. We don't use it per se, but we're aware of it and, and yeah. we pay attention to it when we're building these teams to make sure that we get people that, that have the natural components that there's a good chance of success, yeah. right? I mean, if the Lego block has no no things, it won't connect, right? And so at least we want to make sure that they have the, the, the chance for success. And we've had a really good run the last, I'd say, four years. We really That's figured nice. out what we were doing, you know? Love it. 
And one thing I'm going to add is when we have an interview with our clients, like when, if, let's say you guys want to hire with us, we're going to try to find out your leadership style, your, your, your kind of energy also, and, and try to find someone that's going to work well with you. Um, there's some people that are really hard to work with, like, but like, I'm not talking the, the contractors are hard, but the, <laughs> the boss is hard. Like they're yeah. very demanding. Like yeah. it's boom, boom, boom. Like how do I gonna find Gregory? Am I pointing him? <laughs> yes, yeah. you are. You are. <laughs> okay, stop that. Um, <laughs> just a hypothetical question. <laughs> so we're gonna find people that that's what the environment. Like recently, we had a client that was more in the energy field thing, and and she wanted to have someone that worked with her that understood that energy was really important and we did find somebody it was really hard but we found found somebody so i think yeah. your point is really good um one thing i wanted mm -hmm. to add to your to, with your question is you know if you're brand new about building a team if you're brand new about hiring people um there's some things that you need to learn also because you're going to go from being a one-man show doing everything to becoming a manager yep and and your skills as a manager make a big difference like we can hire an amazing person for you and they can be like really, really good. But if you don't know how, but they're not going to be you and they're not going to, they're not going to know your business and they, they can't automatically just say, oh, I'm going to do this, 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 and this today. Yeah. No, like that's the role of a manager. So uh, one of the books that I've loved is the book E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. I don't know if you guys have read it. Awesome book. It has this yes. idea of a technician, a manager, and an entrepreneur, right? And what I've done for my businesses when I started is I started as the technician, the manager, now prayer, mm. and I would fire myself from the technician role, but I never fired myself from in the management role. Yeah. Right. So I think if, if you're going to start in this idea, okay, I'm deciding I'm going to be successful. I'm deciding that I'm going to grow this business and create so much value for my clients that I'm going to be making millions of dollars. That's what I want. If that's your mindset, I'm going to be spending some time learning how to be a good manager. Yeah. And and how to manage well because I can I can hire an amazing team if I'm a if I'm a bad manager, I'm not going to get the results of execution that that uh, Dustin was talking about. So I just wanted to bring that also that like it's it's a new mindset. My yeah. leadership matters because I'm going to hire great people, but they're still yeah. looking at me as a leader. I love yeah. it. Wow. I love it. I, I wanted to highlight that probably as the action point of today because I think that has been such a that's such an important mind shift that people have to do from going from a solopreneur or something like doing doing it yourself to then having a team right it's a completely different skill and uh, you know we come from soccer so I think that helped kind of like that transition to big time because we're we're involved with team members and different things and um, but I think that's an, that's an important thing that sometimes we overlook right because we know how to do the task mine it doesn't mean that we know how to run the people that do the task later on so mm -hmm. i think that's great uh if you guys want to add something i mean the other action point is please if you're looking for somebody for your team uh reach out to dustin and gregory these yep. guys know exactly what they're doing they've been working with amazing companies uh i I assure you that everything that they've shared here today is incredible and uh, and much more. So uh, look under the hood. Go talk to them. Go find out because uh, they they can help big time leverage your time and leverage your resources to make sure that you're in a good spot. Um, I know with content, you're hopefully you're about to go into this amazing content adventure, but content on the game side of things, right? Like 
what what would have happened if you guys never published that amount of volume? Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's so it's so nice that we have this cautionary tale. You know, we, we've got on the one hand five great games from five great people. You know, and on the other hand, you have high seven-figure sale. I mean, you know, and and really, what it came down to is, and our games are great, but they didn't start great. They just started as we're publishing like like every once in a while facebook will like pop up an app you know that i made like eight years ago because it's a memory and i was just trying to get 100 downloads you know like i remember when i hit 100 downloads a day i was like i hit 100 downloads a day that means i made one dollar today you know <laughs> wow that's i was like the first dollar I just, yeah. you know and but but and i told my wife i'm like she's like you made a dollar why are you excited i'm like i only have to do this a thousand times again you know? <laughs> <laughs> like that's it and then we're making a thousand dollars a day and she's like yeah but this took you like three months like, i know <laughs> you yes. know right like so so like you get you just get this this perspective where you realize you know what you can improve as you go but don't don't worry about like what you're doing right now like do what you can do right now i look at, i always look back and i'm like man that was awful cuz like what i can do now but i never could have done this now if i never did that awful thing back then you know like yeah. it's just it's just natural progression you know and and i think Somebody said this the other day. Um, they said that the most beautiful form of self-acceptance is listening to your own recorded voice and not cringing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right, but that's yeah. true for yeah. everything we do. Yes, you know, whatever, whatever. Like, I, as a parent, I'm way better than I was 16 years ago. As a as a manager, I'm way well. I'm still not a good manager. <laughs> but I, I like I'm good at technician and I'm good at entrepreneur. I got a master's degree in management just to find out why I'm such a terrible manager. <laughs> I'm a terrible manager, but I but Gregory isn't. And so we're a great partnership because of that. Yes. So I, I think just accepting ourselves and accepting our best effort and and like perfection kills ideas. Just publish. You know, just yeah. publish. Mm. I'm going to say a couple of things. First of all, the reason Dustin and I started this business to help other entrepreneurs to, to hire is because we love to talk to entrepreneurs. Uh, we, that, this is why we decided who do we want to talk to. We yeah. want to talk to other entrepreneurs. So um, give us a call. Uh, Dustin or I would be loving to just talk with you. Uh, it's a free coaching. There's nothing tied. Like we can just talk and, and see where you're at and see what kind of people you can bring in and see how, how we would work out. And, and then, you know, it's just something extra that we can give you. The other thing we want to do is everybody that calls us and says, talks about this show, um, content is profit or Lewis, we will give them a discount that we normally don't give other people oh, as a way to say you. thank you to you guys for bringing <laughs> us on the show. So thanks a lot. Absolutely. Where, where can people find you? Where can people go and, and start the conversation with you guys? Expertoutsourcingsecrets.com. Perfect. And, and, um, we're going to write a book. It's also going to be called Expert Outsourcing Secrets. I just haven't written it yet. So that's why that's the domain. Let's go. I it now, I'm like, oh, that's so long. But that's the name of the book. Exclusive. So. I, I think this is Nita, guys. Uh, I, I, I say thank you. Um, I don't say it lightly. 
we've we've been playing or at least trying to play this game for a bit now uh, since we started that sticker company you know a few years back and it has it has evolved and I remember we t- we tell this story many many times where we're in the garage doing the squeegee thing with the screen printing t-shirts right thing and and uh, we hated that process but I'm sure there's somebody out there that at that point in time would have enjoyed and loved to be part of that adventure doing that thing right and because we didn't have the knowledge we didn't have the people out there uh, to find a solution like the ones that you guys are finding now for amazing companies I think maybe that would have been a different story because we really enjoyed the fact that, you know, creating these shirts, for example, the one that Fonzie is wearing today, we created, right? And and we helped a lot of people and we helped a lot of businesses, but because we didn't really enjoy that process and we didn't know the power of leverage, um, it stopped right there. And that was early in our career, right? And then later, uh, if we would have done that sooner, again, who knows, two years ago, uh, with the amount of publishing, the, the incredible traction that we've gotten this past year just with the show, uh, people, you know, working and dealing in the digital space now, these are incredible solutions. And on top of that, right, as a business, the piece uh, that, that it's inside of you because you're helping a family in, a, in another part of the world and yeah. you're changing yeah. their world. Uh, I remember December 24th and uh, New Year's when we had our team meeting, uh, you know, over over Skype or over Zoom, and we were asking, hey, or we were sharing, why are we thankful for? We both cried <laughs> like babies because the team that we were able to bring that are not from the States, they were able to, you know, move to their own apartments, have presents to share with their families, like don't have to worry about, so, you know, economy like, shifting, right, because of the inflation that their countries allow. Like, these, there's so many things that we ended up being like, wow, what an impact, right, that a business can do in the lives of somebody else's too. Not only your clients, but also your employees. So, yeah. ah, guys, go to expertoutsourcingsecrets.com. Chat with Dustin and Gregory. I think they're, they're amazing. I know that we ran out of time, but this, this, this thing has been incredible. I, I love it. Um, Dustin, I'm, we're going to have to put a deadline on that book. We want it. Um, <laughs> so uh, you guys are going to be back whenever that's launched so, so we can share with uh, with everybody. Any Any last thoughts? that we might've missed anything, any last. Uh, I just wanted to say, echo what you said. You know, when, when I look at, we really could have done anything after the last business. And it's because I love the freedom that entrepreneurship has given me with my family. We've traveled to over 20 different countries, just with my kids. We Mm -hmm. like, that's how many countries my kids have touched. And my kids have been able to impact other people and learn new cultures. But the beautiful thing is, when we work with these people, we, our lives become better and their lives become better. I'll never forget a letter we got from, from one of the ladies who's worked for us for many, many years. And I'll try not crying, but she said, I'm the first person in my family to own my own land and own my own house. Wow. Like in her family tree, you know? And if, if that's not a reason to show up for work, like... Like when we sold, I kind of retired for a couple of years. It turns out that's super depressing. Like the money, I thought it was about the money, right? Like I did the whole like made a million bucks thing and that's freaking awesome. But when you touch somebody's life and you get a letter like that, it's worth more than all the money. It's it's worth more than everything else. When you see that you like not only like the entrepreneur's lives, but also the people that they touch because that's what we do is we allow entrepreneurs to amplify their voice, to amplify their company, to amplify their reach and their ideals. 
So that's that's what I have to say. Yes, so good. Thank you. Gregory, any last thoughts? Last thought is if you want to make a lot of money, create a lot of value for a lot of people. Um, and that's what, you know, publishing tons of content does. That's what, you know, create, creating big team does. It's just it's it creates that leverage where you're blessing the lives of so many people and they're willing to pay you for that. And, and so make your life may have a big impact. Go big. And that's what I would say. Ooh. Thank you, guys. Wow. I think we ended up with the bang. This yes. was awesome. <laughs> And with that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Conte is Profit podcast. Go ahead and subscribe. Hit smash that subscribe button and follow us on social media at BizBrosCo. That is right. And if you find this episode impactful and you want to go and hire a team, please make sure you get in contact with Dustin and Gregory. And don't forget to leave a five-star review. Thank you. Bye, guys.